This is Let's Talk Business with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're just going to have a bit of a roundtable with some business coaches. Uh, of course, you know Heather Bame is a certified business coach, and uh, Kian Frith is also a, uh, what, what's the terminology you're using now? CFO consultant. CFO consultant. So he's staying away from the word coaching. So we're going to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly of coaching. And uh, let's go off Flashy, script here a yeah. little bit. So, uh, Kian, <laughs> you're not a big fan of the word coaching. We just You just said that. I'm going to call you out on it. Why is that? I think from a conversation that Heather and I have already had about this mm. is that the, the market here in San Antonio is saturated with people who call themselves coaches. Uh, and that they're a coach of this, that, and everything else. And I think from my, my perspective, I've, I've come into this city, I've been in business 25 years in, in multiple different sectors, and there's real experience with what I'm delivering up for my clients. And so actually being called a coach is, is it's coming across as negative because people are lumping me into the same pot as the people who don't have the experience. And that's not proven to be very helpful to my business. <laughs> um, and I don't know, you know, Heather, you and I have had a similar kind of conversation, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And I, th- I think we're both on this, the same kind of page that actually being called a coach isn't helpful. So I moved back into being a consultant, I'm a CFO consultant. Why? Because I'm a numbers guy. I like numbers. Numbers drive a business. Does it mean that I'm not going to coach at the same time? No, I'm going to at the same point because I want to enable business owners. I want to empower them. And so coaching comes through in that. But I'm driven by the consulting, which is the um, you know, cuffs undone, sleeves rolled up, get your hands dirty, let's go make stuff happen. I think one of the negatives on the coaching side is anybody can call themselves a coach. Yeah. Yes. And then there's this idea that, well, I'm a certified business coach. What does that mean exactly? You well, know what I mean? That's the thing. There's no regulation or requirements in coaching at all. There's absolutely none. So there are people who do take it seriously. There are ways to get certified and trained, but it's not a requirement. So certified means that, you know, you went through courses and you know the clear difference between coaching, consulting, training, because in its essence, coaching is about asking questions, digging deeper, active listening And it's about honing that craft as well. And a lot of people blur the line between coaching and mentoring and coaching and training. Um, And it's just super easy to. And not being able to recognize that or not really knowing what the difference is, you see that a lot. And it's you can just call yourself a coach because there's no regulations that says you can't. I mean, and as a business owner, they're looking for results at the end of the day. They're looking for mm -hmm. some kind of transformation, right? They go from where they they suck to where they don't suck or suck or less. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like that's what we're looking for as business owners. And for somebody to come in and say, hey, I can coach you through this, there's a trust gap there, I would think, because Mm -hmm. whereas a consultant where you're like, hey, I've done this and this is where we've taken this business to from here to here. I had Kirby on the show, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And I did a little bit of background on what he'd done with pharmaceutical the transformation was amazing. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was crazy the amount of transformative power yes. he had, the effect he had on the business month over month, and then ultimately over a period of a year. That says a lot. It's attractive. It's like, okay, that's results. But as business coaches, how do you overcome that trust gap, Kian? As a 
As a consultant or as a coach? So as Well, in your line of work, when you're going to get a client and they're like, well, hey, I'm going to tell you what my problems are and how are you going to take me from zero to hero? Is, ultimately, isn't that what they want? Yeah, definitely. And so from my perspective, it's much easier now as a consultant because I go, this was my experience. This is what I did. Uh, and it's tangible and people can hang a hat on it. Uh, I don't know if that's a phrase you use over here, but yeah. you know, it's, it's clear that, oh, wow, so you did that. And how long did that take? Well, that one took three months. That one took six months. Okay, great. So it becomes believable and authentic. Um, which well, I think is really helpful. And I think a great thing about consulting too is it relies a lot less on them because there's an element of doing it for them. Like you're coming in and you are facilitating the implementation of your solution as a consultant. And in coaching, I think a big disconnect there is the implementation piece of coaching is on the business owner. You can coach them to a certain action or a certain result that they desire but coaching, you don't go into their business and do it for them. You know, I had a client and we worked on a lot of stuff. They gained a lot of value from coaching, but ultimately they decided to hire a consultant who was 10 times more expensive than me because they just didn't want to do it. They didn't want to overhaul their inventory system. They did not want to audit their employees to the level that they really needed to, to get to where they wanted to go, but they could hire a consultant to come in and do it for them. And I was like, you know what? If you're just consistently not doing it, these exist. You just got to pay a little bit more money because they're going to do it for you and get those results. Making people aware of mm -hmm. problems, bringing clarity is yeah. super important. Uh, but Keaton, or Keaton, you had mentioned how, um, you know, I'm not going to just give you a report and leave you to it. We're going to help you do something with that. That's the consultative consultant part of what we're talking about here definitely um how do you guys and you guys are working together on some stuff right i mean I, I don't know if there's anything official in place or whatever but is there is there a need for what both of you guys have or well, well yeah because yeah. our perspective how does that play out but the interesting thing is that our perspectives are slightly different mm -hmm. um, our experiences are different but it means that actually when you pull it together and, and you harmonize that experience, that collaboration is extremely effective. Um, well, it, it could be. I mean, it is in theory. Yeah. We haven't put it into practice yet. Um, but there's, there's So in theory, how does it work? So if, if you bring a client in, well, first of all, what's the ideal client in a situation where I guess there needs to be a, a revelation and clarity of, of what the issues are? And then implementation. How do you see that working? Well, I don't even think there needs to be clarity in what the issues are. I think where the, the partnership harmony would probably come in best is driving clarity on the vision and the ideal results. If, if that would be my area of expertise. What do you actually want to accomplish and what are the results that you want to drive and Kean comes in from the number side of, okay, if you want those results, here's what the numbers are telling me now. And here's the what what you're going to need to impact in order to achieve those results. And then it's working together to figure out who is the best fit to actually implement those results. Definitely. Yeah. So and then there's clear um, actions, um, implementation plan. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what's going on here is the business owner is being coached mm -hmm. the, 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 and, and empowered, which is one of the problems you've got with a consultant. If the consultant comes in and they just do everything. There's not been a transformation of the business owner. There's yeah. not been the equipping and enabling of the business owner. And so actually, when the consultant then leaves and the dust settles, 
you've still got an issue because there hasn't been any transformation of the owner. And so I suppose from my perspective, whilst, whilst I come in as a consultant, I still have a coach um, mindset because I want to empower that business owner. And I think that's you know? the thing. It's like feed a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for his whole life. So I think that's the thing. Neither of us are anti-coaching. That That's not it. It's just that coaching has... Form. It's the title. <laughs> it's, it's the title of the reputation of it. Like yes. in sports, and that's the thing. I, I've talked to clients before, and a lot of the times you can tie business owners to high-level sports, high-level business practices in the previous, because they're just ambitious people. And you, you don't go into a sports, high-level sports team or anything without a coach. It's it's requirement. Yes. But in business, that's not the same. But it's got a bad rap because there's so many people just calling themselves coaches. So on Kean's side, he's going the more consultant, backed by coaching. And on my side, I'm looking more at the training and facilitating backed by coaching, yeah. giving you the clarity and insights from training and facilitating workshops and then backing it by coaching to take that but that doesn't apply to me out of it. Because from sure. my experience, people do trainings all the time. They spend so much money on trainings. You'll walk into a seminar, get excited, the material. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. You leave an hour later and it's like, ah, but, you know, actually that doesn't apply to me because my business is this, 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 and this. So yeah. that coaching really comes in handy there. It's like, what were the insights you took away from the training and how can we make that work for your business? Okay. I mean, I, and I, I love the approach that, Heather's taking here. I mean, I think it's it's really needed. And, and picking up on, on the point you made earlier about the certification, um, uh, the certifications. Do I have a certificate to say I'm a coach? No. But there's somebody else who does. And so in theory, to a business owner looking in, they look attractive because they, they're certificated. I'm more attractive but as a business coach. <laughs> who certificated them? Now, I had a really interesting conversation recently, and I was digging deep on this because I was like, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. And I love to ask questions. So I'm asking these questions. So they are now certificated. The per that person had been certificated by another person who had been certificated. And that person before had been certificated by another person who had been certificated. There was no association. There was no organization. Mm. There was no real governance around it. It was, it had been a long line of people. And it could go back a little while until someone came up with this idea of doing a course to certificate. And then everyone has to go and do it to become certificated but you're not really certificated, do you know what I mean? It hasn't got real credence to it. But isn't that most certifications? The certification is that you took a course and learned the materials to be certificated in whatever sure, that course was. Right. So if the course is credible, I think is the key. So that's never mattered to me. The only thing that's ever mattered to me would have been like, who have you helped? Mm -hmm. So what's the actual outcome there? And if you're like, you know, hey Mark, I've worked with A, B, C, and D, they're all clients of mine, very successful. Uh, who would you like me to put you in contact with? Yeah. To me, that speaks volumes more than I have a certificate because I understand the certification world. Yeah. is It can be a bit of a joke like you're talking about. But I don't, but I don't think everyone do, does get it, you know? And I think there's some, maybe some naive business owners out there. They haven't got the experience in, in business. And, go, and they, they seem certificated. And they're like, I'd like that. Yeah, but as a you salesman, know? I could overcome that real easy. you <laughs> like, what's more important to you? Somebody has a certificate on the wall that says that they did something from somebody or four clients that say, hey, yeah, I'm actively working with Mark and I'm having success on all, all four. So if you choose the certificate on the wall, you're not my client anyway. That's the way I would sell it anyway. Sure.
<laughs> Certificates are just, I mean, it's like the diploma on the wall. Just because you have a diploma for, from Harvard doesn't mean you know what you're doing anyway. It means you got through school and you're very good at structure. Well, that's the thing, too. I don't think anybody's ever hired me because I'm certified in business coaching. That's just where I learned the nuances of coaching and how to ask strategic questions. And, and really, I valued it because I got to practice. I got feedback. I got training. Um, but no, I don't think anybody's ever hired me because I'm certified. That's very little come into play. One of the things that stood out with you, Ken, is when you're like, what? hey, I'm going to sit down with you <laughs> for 45 minutes, and I'm going to tell you how to make an extra 100 grand in your business. That sounds like something you'd be interested in doing. It's like that, that is a really good sales pitch, I think. You didn't say, hey, I've got all these people that have done fantastic, but you said, hey, I'm going to figure out how to do this. You're going to see the results from it within 45 minutes, and then we'll just figure out if it's we want to do anything going forward. That's a really good sales pitch, in my opinion. How's that working for you? Embryonic. You could bear in mind, I've only been doing this for a couple mm -hmm. of months yeah. uh, in, in this kind of guise, um, but it's looking attractive. I mean, I, I had coffee with people last week and talking about this, and I... With some people, I like to just have a, a general com conversation first. I want to see if there's a fit and then go, would I do the 45 minute? I've had a couple just from last week go, yeah. I, I, no, we resonated. And so, uh, yeah, let, let's go for it. Now, will they convert to a client? I don't know, but I think they'll be impressed what they see in 45 minutes. Now, that's a I great mean, start anyway. Yeah. No. Have you had that sit down with Kian yet? On the no, I haven't minutes? had the 45 minute. We just, we end up talking about a billion different things and all of a sudden two hours have gone by. <laughs> and we're both like, oh my goodness. We've got a lot to talk about, me and Yan. Heather's got a lot to talk about. I, I'm the quiet one. You know, I, I still remember a conversation we had where you're like, what's paying the bills? Right? Because, I mean, the podcast is great. It gets a lot of attention, but it doesn't make a whole lot of money. What makes the money? So I, I started doubling down on my networking. <clears throat> Which B and I is amazing, by the way, when mm -hmm. it comes to the ability to network. My I, I had to cancel so many appointments last week because I was sick, but um, I've gotten business from that. Just and I'm not trying to sell myself. I do not sit down at a one to one and say, "Hey, you need to buy my stuff." It's not like that. I I go and I help and I learn. <clears throat> I invite them to the mixer, whatever's going on. <coughs> Excuse me and. Uh, I can cut those little pieces out, uh, but uh, it's but they end up ultimately being like I'm interested in that. They connect with that authenticity that I'm not there to try and sell them anything or whatever, um, and or they'll refer me to somebody that maybe I have a conversation or whatever. But I started focusing in on virtual assistant, and you brought this up as well, focusing in on virtual staffing, which actually pays the bills. Do you want to hear something funny, Ken? Oh, yeah, go he's ahead, like say it. oh. Kean came and, you know, like he that. made such my a great point like that, that uh, virtual staffing is what I do. So I should change my business name to focus on virtual staffing. And you may have said something like that before. And I was like, I absolutely did say something like that. What did you like say, that. though? Mark, you need to change your it name. It was toward the beginning of this year. So like fair or last year. Really? It was when we first started coaching together. And, and it was very much less direct than Kean's version. But I was like. The name of your company is Krukus Marketing, but you've really shifted because you were still in transition from doing social media marketing to virtual shaft. And I was like, you've shifted from focusing on gaining social media clients to gaining virtual staffing clients. Does your name reflect that off cuff? He's like, yep, yep, it's good. 
And I was like, ah. we've got bigger things to talk about right now. Well, sometimes but... you have to hear it from different people, right? <laughs> you need to hear it from somebody else. But this is an interesting thing, isn't it, actually? So you, you raised it beginning of last year. So kudos to you that you, you raised it. And, and I'm not going to take any of the glory. Um, <laughs> um, but no, you raised it. You didn't listen at that point. Yeah. And it took, it took a while for the penny to drop. Now, not being funny, Mark is um, an example of what happens time and time again with a business owner. Mm -hmm. They can hear something from one person, the penny doesn't drop at that point, but a little while down the line, it does with someone different. Absolutely. But during that, that 12, or 12 month period, you were focused on another area. It didn't actually help the growth of your business. So actually from your perspective, you're the one who's actually missed out. So there's plenty of other business owners out there who've been told something that's really valuable. The penny hasn't dropped, it drops way later. And it's actually the business that suffered in the interim. See, and that's where I get so excited about the training piece of business. And coaching is fantastic, too. And when you're in that one-on-one, -on -one, I've made people very uncomfortable in coaching calls because I'm like, I'm not going to let this go because you're, you're not quite getting it. But in training, that happens all the time is you hear something, your boss tells you or your friend tells you or your wife tells you this is probably a big pain point for wives because I've experienced it. And then you hear it from somebody totally different and all of a sudden the light bulb goes off. And in training, I experienced that a lot because most of the business nuances and systems and facts aren't crazy new, but sometimes it just doesn't resonate until the right person says it in the right way. I say it, same thing, different font. Yeah, It's mm. like two books, they say the exact same thing. The ones that come to mind are Slide Edge and Atomic Habits, both amazing books for business owners and just personal growth in general. Same exact concepts, just a different font, different author, different style. They resonate with different people, but they get the job done because they say very similar things. Mm. So if you don't mind asking a question, mm. so Heather raised changing the name with you a year before. Why do you feel you didn't listen at that point? Probably because I had just changed the name. I felt like I was in the right space. And, you know, I think it is just a timing thing. You know, I'm pretty headstrong on things. I think most entrepreneurs, we kind of are. We, we get a vision for stuff. And then it just takes that, that it didn't have to be you. It could have been somebody else Good. that would have come Definitely. in and just said, hey, your name makes zero sense when it comes to staffing. You need, it needs to say but, virtual staffing in your business name. But I suppose the other interesting thing was at the time, though, you probably had the podcast stuff going on. Mm -hmm. You focus on the podcast. You were like, podcast, podcast, podcast. And it, again, it happens a lot with entrepreneurs. They start down one route, and they're going with it, and then someone else take, takes over, and then actually they forget the cash cow. But that's the thing. I feel like for the year and a half before I met you, you had been building your business as a social media marketing business powered by virtual assistants. And like it was very early in on our coaching relationship that you shifted the focus from hiring social media managers to manage people's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn to actually just hiring them virtual assistants for themselves to do it for them. And we, we talked through that. So at the time, it was still very fresh from you'd built an entire brand around social media management and are now shifting into virtual assistant. But I think it's such an interesting pivot, right? Mm -hmm. You saw the need, the, the desire 
was more for having my own virtual assistant that I can utilize in my business versus having somebody externally manage my social media. So you pivoted the business model because you were going to just have a fleet of virtual assistants managing people's social media. And now yeah. you've got a fleet of virtual assistants working for their yes. companies. And I focus yeah. so much on the podcast because it's that shiny object syndrome, right? It's like <laughs> come in, it's like be a part of this world and it's, and it's becoming a, a networking hub, which I, I like that. I still don't exactly know how that's going to play out over the next year or so. I've got it. We have a direction that we're heading in, which I think is good. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't make money. Right, it's just a connection machine, which can make money. Right, it's part of the marketing side of it, um, but honing in on the virtual staffing side of it and making that a priority, and then using the the podcast side of networking and then doubling down on my networking, that's going to help as well. Because anybody who checks me out on social media sees that I'm legit. I'm out there in the public eye. I'm relevant. So that that all helps, and that was the goal. But I feel like just right now is when I'm shifting to the, the proper weight of things, mm -hmm. where more of my weight is in the virtual staffing side of it rather than here in the podcast side. Because this is like playtime for me, right? This is fun, you know, and all of that. But i got to make the money. I've got to pay the bills. Definitely. And there's a massive need for virtual staffing. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, uh, no, forgive me if I've spoken about this before, but... I, I've come into the US from the UK, I'm six months in, I'm still wet behind the ears for, for this beautiful um, nation, and this amazing city, but hiring people is not a straightforward process here. You know, your whole at will, like, we don't have that in the UK. I mean, I'm just like, th this is crazy how you go about staffing here. So the idea of having virtual staffers that just can just deliver consistently, um, it's reliable service, well, dead reliable service, and cost-effective. Like, why would you not want to seek to do that at the moment when you've got all these other market parameters that you're trying to work within if you have physical staff here in San Antonio? Well, and that's where having clarity in your vision and knowing what actions can leverage the highest level in your business comes key because it's so easy to see a line item in your P&L rather than a massive point of leverage. Sure. Just one other expense instead of this person can save me so much time, energy, help me make more money. Yeah. And that's where a lot of business owners, I feel like, struggle with pulling the trigger on the virtual assistant. And that's where we all come in to help figure out Definitely. how to overcome that hump. And once they start hiring and see the leverage in it, I mean, you're a great example of that. It's hard to stop. Yeah, it's very addicting. Because if you can turn $7 an hour into 15 how I mean, how often can you do that, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's like going from, if you're spending, say, $42,000 a year on an employee, and you can cut that to $18,000 a year. It's like, that's a huge difference. Oh, massive. And so, actually, the idea of like, the likes of Heather and I collaborating and, and partnering is, is, is actually really good for San Antonio because the way that... Had this thinking about the clarity and, and helping the business owner, the way I go through a PL, for example, and go, wait a minute, what is that about? Have you not thought about doing this? Could we not restructure this? Do the processes differently? Um, like, I love doing root and branch reviews, are just most fun. I mean, talk about put a smile on my face. Um, you know, you just go and ask a ton of questions and find out, okay, so now this is what the picture is, and, and it looks like something that Mr. Messi's drawn. Do you know what I mean? And like, okay, we now need to straighten all this out and, and put, put this back together in a different way and we're going to source it 
things by doing this and we do that. And like, man, it's, it's incredible. And then in three to six months, you've turned a business around. Business owner's got a ton of clarity. Business owner's going, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal, you know? And, and it's been a win-win situation because Heather's been able to use the skill set. I've been able to use the skill set. And if they're making use of um, virtual staffing through yourself, Kian, do you it's do awesome. like PL accountability sessions? PL accountability oh sessions. Oh my gosh, I feel like that would be so valuable. Once a month, you get someone's PL and you sit down with them and hold their feet to the fire to not only read it, but interpret it and make like database decisions on what they're gonna do over the next month. Okay, well the, the way the way I'd approach that though is um, when I'm working with a a client, if I'm doing um, some kind of CFO work, like I'm going through their management accounts on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. I'm asking the questions, yeah. I'm doing the commentary, I'm challenging them. Um, so I may not be a marketing uh, expert, but I'm going, where's your marketing strategy? Where's your sales strategy? Where's the KPIs? Where's the metrics? Yeah. Now, let's review your performance against those metrics. Let's put things in place that are gonna challenge and stretch you. You know, I get so frustrated, number of businesses that do not, well, one, when they start out, they don't have a business plan. And then even once they are established, they don't have a business plan. And then they think about doing a business plan and they put, pull together this great big document and like, that doesn't really tell you anything. You're like, <laughs> how are you gonna monitor against this? And so I distill everything onto a plan on a page. I love plan on a page. And then you got something you can measure against. Then you've got the metrics. Um, the other thing that, businesses don't have is their, their financial plans. And I've said this before, but <laughs> I get so frustrated. Like, so we're in January, which means we're going to tax season, which means everyone's going to be looking backwards. And so they're now going to spend a few months looking backwards, doing all their taxes. Like, but your business is trying to go forwards. You want to go meet, meet targets. You want to reach your targets. You want to exceed your targets. So how are you going to do it? Well, we're, we're, we're planning to plus 20% on our revenue this year. Awesome. How are you going to do that? Um, and then you don't get anything. It's like, what, what happened there? You know, how are you going to manage your cost base? How are you going to make sure you're maximizing your profits over this next 12 month period? How are you going to monitor that? What metrics are you going to be looking at? How's your AR and AP doing? I understand a AR over here, people manage really, really badly. Ooh, yeah, AR like, is a huge pain point. I talk about AR a lot, but, but right, right now, especially. Ooh. But, but the crazy thing is you can easily put things in place that deal with it. And, and we can turn cash flow around. I mean, there's so much we can do. If co companies want to sit down and have a conversation, we'll sit down and have a conversation, we'll give them the clarity and we'll, we'll actually more than happily hold their feet <laughs> to the coals, you know? And, and they may go the first one or two sessions, oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it's gonna be. That's the thing with finances, I feel like it's not my strong point. And I tell people that all the time that I would refer them straight over to you for that kind of in-depth level because I can look and we can walk through it and gain insights from it, but that kind of crazy detail, not not my forte, not super excited about it, does not, How can you not get butter my biscuit the way it seems to. Hey, serious. But it <laughs> makes it so, because a lot more people I feel like feel like me than you. Um, so they bury their head in their sand a little bit, like an ostrich, you know, just ostrich head syndrome. in the sand. So many executives. And yep. that's the thing, it's, it's easier to bury your head in the sand and try to ignore it and hope it all just kind of works out until all of a sudden you have to deal with it because circumstances are requiring it. You can't meet uh, payroll. You gotta pull your head out of the sand and be uncomfortable. You wanna sell your business? 
Well, are you going to do a fire sale because your numbers are out of whack, crazy, have not been managed properly? Or are you going to sell for a premium because your numbers are all squared away? Something eventually will cause you to have to pull your head out of the sand or you'll just like, you know, we all have an expiration date. So you're going to either pass the buck to someone else or you'll eventually have to deal with it. Yes. So is it now or are you going to push it on to later? But the problem just compounds if you put your head in the sand. It just gets worse. Definitely. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we get involved in business because we want to be our own boss or we want to accomplish a, a goal and we just start moving. Mm-hmm. Just do it. But we don't understand structure of business and what kind of things really, really matter. And, and then we find ourselves in trouble and we're like, oh, I you know nobody told me this. We don't learn it in school. Well, and that's sure. the thing, too. The shame factor is so high when it comes to finances. It's like after a certain point, you're embarrassed because as a business owner, you should have been doing all this. You should be good at the numbers because you are a business owner. And that's just not the case. I mean, to be honest, like if you really, really looked at the numbers and you were a logical, sane person, you probably would not choose to go into business. It's hard. It's pretty low likelihood of success. But you go for it anyway. And that's kind of required unrealistic optimism required there you mm. go the, the whole numbers thing is an, an interesting one um now i've worked in finance out in guernsey tiny little tax jurisdiction off the coast of france i lived there for 13 years and i was very fortunate to do a, a particular course in company direction um, which was run by the institute directors a very well regarded uh, association uh, in the uk and i'm on this course multiple modules one of which was finance now being a uk qualified accountant uh, the tutors said, Kian, you, you don't need to do this finance module, the actual training. You can just sit the exam. You'll be fine if you'd like to. It was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm, I'm happy to do it. It was one of the best modules I've ever done in my life. It was awesome. Um, our lecturer was a guy called Jean Poussin. Um, he is an amazing finance lecturer, just incredible, brought finance alive. But the point I want to make here is that in that room were guys who, or, or folk who'd been seasoned directors. They've been running regulated entities for decades. Regulated entities, highly regulated there in Guernsey. Did they know their way around a set of financial statements? What you would have expected the answer to be is yes. It's a finance jurisdiction, heavily, heavily reliant on finances. They didn't know their way around a set of financial statements. I was really quite shocked. At some point, needed to learn, they haven't, they've then had ostrich syndrome and probably the shame factors kicked in and gone, I can't ask questions now. I've been a director for so many years. And so they just let it go. Do you know? I was like, oh my goodness, it was astounding. So now I don't make the assumption that anyone knows anything about numbers and, and everyone probably needs some guidance and training on it. So one of the things I've got within our business now is we have a business academy. It's a virtual MBA program you can do. You can sign up for it. It's like a couple hundred dollars a month and you do a virtual MBA. Now, mm. that's a really helpful um, academy, I believe, for people who are going, do you know what? I, I don't really want to admit to people that I don't know what I'm doing in my business, but I don't know what I'm doing in my business. And so I, I, I can just quietly do the academy and learn. And there's another one we've set up, which is finance training for small business owners. Again, to educate them, eight, eight part video series to educate people in finances. But I think that's the thing. One of the most dangerous things is not knowing something and pretending you do. 
versus not knowing something and just admitting it and finding someone or something or learning how to do it. My sister's a statistics professor in a college and she has a very specific question in her finals. She told me about this the other day because she knows someone's going to be successful in their career as a statistician if they're willing to admit when they don't know something. I don't know, but I'll, I'll do this, this, and this to find out. And she tests these students on it. And more often than not, they will make something up, pull something out of their, you know, bootay, just make it sound flashy to make it sound like they know what they're doing when the real correct answer is, I honestly don't know, uh, but here's who I would go to to help me figure it out. And I think that's valuable in business too. If you just are willing to say, you know what? I'm not sure about that right now, but I have a person I can go to to help me with that. And, and actually on that point, that's where I think too many coaches are at because they don't have the experience mm. like maybe we do. And so actually they gloss over it or they give another response. It actually isn't helpful for the client. Mm -mm. Whereas in fact, what they should have gone is, do you know what? That is a really valid question. That's a really valid point. I need to go and investigate that and I'll come back to you. Or I'll send you to a professional who or specializes granted, in that area. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but people don't. They don't, yeah. No. And that's where you get people come. Because I've, I've had that conversation. They're like, oh, I hired a business coach once. And we just had the same conversation over and over and over again. And nothing really happened from it. And that's something that I tell people. We, if we have the same conversation over and over again, then either I'm the wrong coach or this isn't working. Because we should not have the same conversation more than twice. Definitely. Once makes sense. It didn't get done. Something came up. But if we have it more than two times in a row then something is not working here. Definitely. I mean, I, I have a coach and mentor myself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought for 15, 20 years, I didn't need one. Mm -hmm. um, I was so stuck in my own thoughts and ego. Um, and then when I had my eyes open to the fact that actually this was beneficial, it really was beneficial. And I have one here now. Um, the person is immensely experienced. Do we have the same discussion every Friday? No. No, not at all. And is it really helpful? Oh, yes. And is it helping to stretch me and, and build me up and help me to grow? Without a doubt. And that, that's lovely. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah, I think anybody involved in entrepreneurship needs to be challenged, too, on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> By multiple people, apparently, because you can be told one thing and not hear it for a year or something. One thing, know? one of the most successful business coaches I know, he has five coaches right now just in different areas of his business and life. Love he it. wants a coach for individualized things. And I think that's great. Definitely. Get to that point. <laughs> now, now, just picking up on that, that point Mark just raised as well, uh, what have you advised Mark maybe in December of last year that I can now um, schedule to, to um, mention to Mark in November <laughs> this year? Oh, gosh, I'd have to go and look through our notes because I do have extensive notes for my clients. You can go back all the way last year. Um, I will say one thing he executed on really well. When I came on the show, it was still homeowner talk radio. And I remember us having a conversation about co-hosting and the conversation went along the lines of that sounds great. But my ideal client aren't homeowners and neither are yours. And he was like, huh, you're right. And boom, the next week, the show was Let's Talk Business. It was very executed change. Now, now that's one thing, um, t testament to Mark. Multiple people are, are talking into your life. 
what you do though is you take action mm -hmm. and actually um that that is real testament to you there are too many business owners even though they're hearing this stuff they're not taking the action and so actually from my perspective and hopefully heather agrees here looking in on what you're doing with the virtual staffing what you're doing with the podcast is so exciting mm -hmm. like i can't wait to see what what's it look like at the end of this year what does it look like within three years five years i mean i know we're talking about planning for it and having a really clear strategy but it's really exciting like at the moment the podcast is really focused on san antonio but actually when we start to go actually it's as relevant for other cities and other states as it is for san antonio we can still showcase san antonio but hey what about showcasing other areas see and this is what i have to do it grow is going to be phenomenal and then the, the spin-offs from the podcast you know we're we've been talking about um uh, some some panel type discussions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bringing co-hosts together and sharing and imparting uh, blessing business owners that kind of thing i mean it's like the, the the actions that can come out of this are just tremendous what i want to be able to do is so the show needs to be able to apply to anybody anywhere, right, who's mm -hmm. interested in business. I get that. But there's a networking component to it that's very near and dear to my to my mission here in San Antonio because I've interviewed so many people and we want to bring them together. We're doing that at the mixer. Um, but how do I capitalize on both parts of that? Sure. But wouldn't it be great, like, at the moment, it's San Antonio-focused networking. We're massively excited about the the inaugural mixer on Thursday. I mean, it's going to be a ton of fun, but mm -hmm. focus on San Antonio. I'm kind of imagining that in due course, the way that podcast grows out and people join the community, they're part of the community and they're in, they're in Montana, they're in New York, uh, they're in Utah and they hear about the event and we put on a day um, of, you know, the podcast um, network coming together and they're flying in from all these different states to come and be a part of community. That's the kind of thing I'm envisaging. And then yeah, people community. going, we want to be part of this community. We are, going to, we are going to be flying in for this because we're going to get to talk to Mark. We're going to get to be networking with Mark and the contacts he has. And we're going to get to see the, the great Heather. And um, you know, <laughs> we've, we're hearing about her on the, on the podcast and get to meet Howie in person, which is an experience. I, mean, I had a best time <laughs> uh, Saturday night at Genevieve's 40th birthday. Howie was there. My wife and I were there. We're just talking with Howie. I mean, it was, we had such a fun night. Um, and, but when you start to be in a room with Howie, I mean, he just naturally just imparts information and mm -hmm. um, it, it's incredible. So, you know, can you imagine just people just coming from all over and they go, well, why does it just have to be the US? You know, as the Let's Talk Business, business is business across yeah. the globe. So more and more people come in and then all of a sudden you find you're putting on a conference for 5,000 people who will come to network and well, that might be the thing. This conversation sounds very familiar, yeah, does it not, Mark? <laughs> oh, did you have that back in February yeah. last year? Oh, sorry, am, am I like a month early? <laughs> this was uh, more like uh, September, October-ish. Uh, I think we were talking about stuff. I, I'm, I'm too early to be raising. Love it. We can edit this out if you like. No, no. But that's what happens. He's not ready to hear it again the, yet. The cream, is, the cream is rising as far mm -hmm. as what we can get out of this because there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of really great talent that we've got associated with the show it's meant to be fun, it's meant to be educational, um, and it's meant to be communal, right? I mean, we want to be able to come together as a community yeah. and uh, have fun and grow and, and do business together. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to accomplish with it anyway. So uh, I know we'll get there because, I mean, like Samantha, she's coming on for the next podcast, yeah. yes. but um, I think she's a great addition to helping us execute at a really good level for our events. We got to do, this one's good, we got to do better at the next one.
So which means all of you guys, all of the hosts, we all need to come together with some good ideas and yeah, that's fine. Yeah, bring it on, rock on. But, but, but it's kind of it, it's it's inspiring, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and then and there's uh, others um, that get attached into it and go, wow, that that was some movement, and actually it becomes a networking movement. You know, that just builds up a momentum. You probably already raised this in November, but I, I only started <laughs> talking to him just probably two months ago, kind of thing. So I'm a bit behind the curve, but <laughs> y- you can just see the groundswell that could be developed here, you know? Mm-hmm. And you end up with one of those giant, gigantic um, ways that you get off of Hawaii. Do you know what I mean? It builds up and builds up. Yeah, I think we can do it. I'm excited. All right, well, let's wrap up. Thanks, everybody, for uh, for the discussion. It's going to be a little bit different type podcast, but I think it'll do well. Yeah, so, that's fun. Great job, everybody. All right, as we wrap up the show, Kirk Commander, check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website, sa-talkradio.com. That's going to be it for this one. Hopefully, my voice will clear up for next week. Uh, but have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Sounds good. Thank you.